your Van Seas Weekly, the home for info and insight on the Vancouver Canadians and all Toronto Blue Jays minor league prospects. Hosted by Greg Ballack and Charlie Kasky. It's that time again. It's the Your Van Seas podcast with Greg Ballack here and Charlie Kasky over the phone. And uh, first things first, we got to get it out of the way, Charlie. I think uh, normally we call it the Your Van Seas Weekly podcast, but... Uh, uh, safe to say we've dropped the ball a little bit in the last few weeks. Yeah, we've uh, we've struggled, haven't we? And it was funny, uh, Andrew Stoughton over at Drunk Jays fans, um, I think, linked our first podcast and and said specifically that don't necessarily call it your Van Seas Weekly, be careful what you wish for. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, sure, we'll do it every week. And <laughs> summertime comes along and it gets a bit difficult sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? The dog days of summer are the, the, the hardest part, I guess, and... We're we're people. We have lives, okay. Whether we believe it or not, you know, we yeah. we have things to do every once in a while. But. May not be all that exciting of a life, but yes, there <laughs> are things to do. And unfortunately, we've uh, we've been two uh, two boats in the ocean or whatever uh, a couple times. So it's been uh, it's been mm. tough to get together. Yeah, I've been up on the Sunshine Coast. I was up in Powell River for a few days for a wedding and. You know, you've been all over. You're hard. To, you're a hard guy to track down, Charlie. It's hard to get you in here for uh, for an interview. Yeah, I was down in uh, Toronto, uh, Seattle, for the mm-hmm. for the Blue Jays for a couple of days, and then I'm up on the Sunshine Coast now, <laughs> up on my deck. So I think this is the third time now I've called in from the deck. Um, and then where else? We're somewhere else that uh, we miss each other again. But yeah, it's been. You're right. It's been hard. It's been a good summer. <laughs> Nice weather. I haven't been able to get out to the net as much as I'd hoped. Um, but was there the other night with you, so uh, we saw a couple of things we both liked, and I'm sure that'll come up. Yeah, we were both there uh, yesterday. I was out specifically because I wanted to see Matt Smoral, and I have on pretty good standing that that's how it's pronounced. It is Smoral. I've heard Smoral, Smoral, and a bunch of other different ways to say it, but I believe it is the easiest way to say it. It's just Smoral. Well, it's funny you should say that because I asked Jeff where. Um, <laughs> on Tuesday, I, I had a chat with Jeff um, asking if uh, Matt was pitching the next night. And no, he said it is Smoral. <laughs> of course. Get another so, uh, report. <laughs> so, uh, but he's like, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to. It's tough. So we just called him Small. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, done. That's like I'm the first episode. As well. <laughs> the first episode. You, you yeah, couldn't he, even pronounce Wazaluski. Exactly. They, they just Wazi. call him Wazi. So exactly the same thing. Uh, I don't know if I trust Smol. him. Don't trust Jeff Ware. Well, it was uh, <laughs> Jesse Goldberg Strasser that said it was well, the same thing as well. Yeah, it's he's like, the one that perpetuated like morale. the morale. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So, hey, Jesse's the man. We gotta. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with what he says. Uh, now that you bring up Jesse, uh, since the last podcast, I did listen to him. He did a a throwback uh, game where they didn't actually watch it. You just had reports coming in, just like the old days when they used to have um, like road games. They'd have reports from each play, and they would recreate the sound effect from a studio. And they did that for one of the Lansing Lugnuts games, and I was listening to it, and it was, it was awesome. I, as a broadcaster, I always wanted to do something like that, and it was really cool how they pulled it off. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that, Charlie. I saw, the, um, I saw him put it on Twitter, and I, 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 I saw it excuse me, really quickly, and I was like, oh, well, I wasn't really sure what he was talking about, so mm. uh, I didn't listen to it, but I was, yeah, it was kind of cool. He's got the, the canned fan noise in the background, it was kind of funny, but it, all the, like, the actual play-by-play was brilliant, and the, the sound effects were pretty funny. Just something different, I mean, it's such, so amazing these days that, you know, I've, 
I put on my MILB website and just kind of choose which picture I want to listen to and mm-hmm. bang, tune in radio, and all of a sudden listen to Dunedin or Lansing or whomever. Yeah. Um, just the fact that we can do that is kind of neat that, yeah, they've they've got some different ideas to uh, to try and draw in a few uh, extra listenership. Yeah, and it's a, it's a long season. Baseball, you know, there's so many games, and as much as you want to be there and, and, and you know, focus on the players 24-7, it's good to break away like that and just have a little bit of fun for, for just one game a year, you know. Well, yeah, and Lansinger, we'll get into this a bit more later, but Lansinger, they're, they're dead in water right now, aren't they? They've, they have been for, for quite a while, really. I know they're in, they're only a few games back in the, of the yeah. wild card, but let's be honest, they're not going to get it. I think they're going to pass four teams or something like that. Um, so, yeah, just some different ideas and, you know, try and keep, uh, keep everybody interested. Well, it brings us to our next point about uh, the shuffling around and, and the teams that are out of it and the teams that are still in it. Vancouver is very much in it, but it's going to be a bit of a struggle as we get down in the stretch. Um, there's been some movement in the players. Since we last talked, uh, Max Pentecost is gone. He's down in Florida, um, not rehabbing, but they, he was dinged up a little bit and wasn't producing the way he thought he could and, and told the coaching staff, you know, he, he, it was a long college season. He doesn't think he can keep going. So they actually sent him packing down to Florida. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I haven't been able to get much. I, I spoke to a couple of people with the seed, including manager John Snyder, and, you know, they don't really know, I think, what what the extent of the injuries is. It, it sounds like it's just general soreness. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to some people on, on Twitter, and one of them had said that he saw a picture from Pentecost's girlfriend's... <laughs> Um, grandma's sister's uh, grandma's sister's <laughs> dog's Instagram account, which had a picture of him with a cast on his uh, right wrist. I want to say, okay. um, you know, I haven't seen the picture, so I don't want to confirm confirm that a hundred percent. But you know, when I mentioned that to season manager John Snyder, he's like, "Oh, that's the first I've heard of that." So hmm. you know, hearsay. Yeah, <laughs> one of the, one of those things. You know, you know. I, we, he obviously wasn't producing yeah. how we thought, yeah. and then he started DHing. Probably, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd like to say like ten games before he eventually shut it down. So obviously they they didn't feel he could catch yeah. um, effectively, but we're still trying to get some at bats for him. You know, trying to get his just you know it's first season of pro ball, isn't it? They want to yeah. get his feet wet, but. Yeah, he was really struggling. I, I had a, I didn't get to see him much after the first, you know, his first few games when he was at home. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was chatting to people that were traveling with the team, and you know, they they said he was struggling, he was scuffling a bit. So yeah, yeah, disappointing. Three million bucks or two, just under. Um, catcher the, the labeled the, uh, the 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 tag of Blue Jays catcher of the future is kind of like the mm-hmm. uh, the drummer for Spinal Tap. Um, <laughs> So, you know, hopefully he's okay. Obviously, we want to see him bounce back. I don't think yeah. we'll see him in Vancouver next year. I think, you know, he'll come back, hopefully, and have a strong spring and end up, you know, you know, Dunedin or something like that. Yeah. But well, I think the, the best we can hope for is that it is some sort of minor injury that he can recover and, and be back fine for spring training. But, um, you know, the other side of the coin is maybe if he was DHing the last 10 games he was here, Maybe they weren't all that impressed with the, his catching skills, and we have heard that you know, he might not stick behind the plate. Well, yeah, it's funny because that's what, coming out of the draft. Is the, the one thing that was said about him was that he was the first, you 
know, true catcher, the one yeah. that would stick. And then, you know, yeah, you start to hear some reports from when he was in the GCL for those few games that, yeah, he's raw, he, he needs some work. And, you know, catching catchers for me, you know, not being a scout and, and trying to learn on the fly here, that's the toughest position for me to, to grade. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't overly impressed. Um, I thought his throwing was a bit weak. I thought some of his receiving was, yeah, I just thought he was a bit of a jabber, you know, and, and some of his blocking skills were, were just a bit messy, but mm-hmm. he, he, he compensated by being very athletic. Um, so I figured, you know, this is something that they can teach him in time and work with him. So hopefully that's still the case. You know, he, he is, he is very, very lean, you know, he, he's quite wiry. Mm-hmm. He's obviously, you know, he obviously runs very well for a catcher. Um, so I think there's things that, they, you know, these are things that they could, he, sorry, he, <laughs> that they can work with him. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of time. Um, so hopefully he sticks, but I don't think they would have pulled him out from behind the plate because they weren't impressed with his catching. I think it's just a matter of the injuries. Okay, if that's what you say, then I guess I'll believe it. But <laughs> I guess it's hard to think of an injury as as not a positive, but you know, a best case scenario. Because if it was that other side of the coin, then you know, it's still very early to 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 think that. But you know, if, if maybe he was struggling because of, like you said, the the the, the wrist injury that you, you heard about, or just even just any general kind of injury, um, then that makes a lot of sense from what we saw here in Vancouver. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they would have given him much more of an opportunity. You know, had to have been, you would think, something to do with the injury. I mean, as Lord knows, there's not that many catchers in front of him within the system, you know, to, to push him to a different position. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're not talking about the shortstop problem with Lugo, Barreto, and, and Urena, that's for sure. Right. Um, they're going to give him every chance in the world to stick a catcher. So yeah. it would have been far too quick for them for them to look at it that way. You bring up the name Urena, is that how you pronounce it? Urena? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this another one that I'm, I'm going to have no idea on? <laughs> I'm going to go Urena. Urena? Richard Urena. Let's just call him Dick. Dick Urena. <laughs> Dick Urena. <laughs> Either way, how you pronounce it, he is the newest member of the Vancouver Canadians. He is a shortstop, and he's actually starting today in, instead of Franklin Barreto, who Barreto is, is actually going to DH today against Boise. Okay. Um, and we've heard the rumors about Barreto's defense, and now he's not the greatest. Um, he's come a long way this year. I've actually, you know seen him improve as the season's gone along, which is what you want, which is what the league is here for. Um, but it's interesting that they, now at this point in the season, um, they bring Urena up from Bluefield and, and give him a chance to, to start shortstop for the, for the Canadians. Yeah. You know what? I was, I was really surprised when uh, I, as I said, I caught up with John on two after Tuesday's game and I, I sort of had three questions for him. One of which was, are we going to see Pentecost again? And he didn't know. And the other two were on promotions. And, you know, I knew that even if he knew something was going to happen, obviously he can't tell me until it becomes official. And there's a good chance he didn't know anyway. So I, I asked him about Rowdy Tellez, you know, because yeah. it was it's obvious that Rowdy was going to move. Bluefield are virtually dead and buried as far as the, their playoff race is concerned. And, and, and Tellez has been absolutely mashing the ball for the last month or so. so. It's hard to imagine the playoff, you know, Playoffs actually ha- have a big part in the promotions, though. I don't, I don't believe that for a second. Well, I think they do. I mean, it the shouldn't. Blue Jays, 
You're right. It, it shouldn't. Um, it should be based on, on what level that they feel the player should be at and where they're comfortable with that player being at. But the Blue Jays have always stated that they like their prospects and you know any any players within their system to get that playoff experience to mm-hmm. to, to feel the pressure of, of playoff baseball. Um, last year, Bluefield did make the playoffs, um, but were eliminated in the first round, which went earlier than the Northwest League playoffs, which is how we saw Mitch Ney and Chase DeYoung and, mm-hmm. and those guys, Yara Laborde, come up after that series was done and yeah. still were able to play in, in the in the C's playoff drive. Now, and, and we'll talk about this more for the rest of the teams, but, you know, Bluefield are virtually done, so it was it was an easy call to say to John, look, tell us it's going to get moved, hypothetically speaking, how would you integrate him into a C's lineup if right. he were to come up here? And it was funny, he just kind of laughed. Um, so I think he, uh, you know, even though he couldn't tell me, I think he knew you know, obviously we all knew it was the easiest call in the world. But my second question was, you know, Richard has, Urania has had a great season. If anyone deserves a promotion, it's him. But obviously <laughs> it's a bit tougher with, with Pareto up here. And he's, he, he said, oh, wow, I, you know, I asked him the same question. How would you incorporate him into the lineup if he were to come up? Yeah. And he said, you know, I hadn't even thought of that really because <laughs> of, of Pareto and, he said, yeah. you know, well, we, we'd find a way. He could play all around the infield. You know, we'd work it out. But, you know, I don't know I don't know if that would happen. And obviously then two days later it does happen. So I'm a bit surprised to move. I'm happy. I'm thrilled to be able to, to see him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, he's playing shortstop tonight. I, I, I did try and call. I was hoping uh, to, get a, to get a quick word in with, with uh, John today just to see what they were to, you know, what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've seen a bit of chatter on, on Twitter that maybe Brett will move to the outfield or somewhere. And they did say at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season in the media, the media pack we received at, at the very start that they were going to move him around, you know, to the outfield, maybe to third base, just to, just to see what he could do at other positions. Obviously yeah. that hasn't happened. Um, and and like someone mentioned on Twitter today, that you know it's, it seems a bit late to all of a sudden be uh, be thinking about moving them, you know, so mm-hmm. close to the playoffs. But we'll see what happens. And in that game today, that um, that Urena is starting shortstop, there wasn't a good start for Daniel Leitz. I'll say Leitz, Lights, whatever. Yeah, I think it's you pronounce it as L E T Z Leitz. Okay, he only won an inning and a third. Uh, gave up four hits, five earned runs. He's already out, and Torado is in to replace him. So not a good start. Oh, really? Him. Yeah. Boise's sort of beaten up on them. It's 5-3 now. The, the Canadians have a bit of a comeback, but uh, not a good start for Leeds. Nick Broom just drove in his 50th run of the year, so that's good. Well, good you were over there last night for his home run. That was an absolute bomb. That was majestic <laughs> in the center field, over the scoreboard in center field. I've never seen that one. Over the, uh, yeah, the Grandma Island, uh, it's good to be here. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because that whole game, they just had no offense. And then all of a sudden, last last batter, two outs with a shutout on the line. There there goes <laughs> just a huge, what, what would you say, at least 425, 430 feet? Oh, that was, yeah. At least, easy. that's a that's a minimum estimate. <laughs> 
That was that was an absolute shot. I haven't seen very many. You know what? It was both surprising and disappointing. Greg was that even after a shot like that, they didn't give us a team burger and a W root beer. <laughs> didn't come close to it in one of the mugs in the outfield. Wow, well, I've 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 gotten coupons more often than not. They never actually hit the mug. <laughs> Maybe it was so, just too late they didn't get the coupons out in time because he hit it with two outs in the ninth inning. Right? Yeah, maybe. Half maybe the people were whoever. gone already anyways, even though yeah. it was fireworks night as well. Even though it was fireworks night, uh, or whoever was meant to be doing was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> well, let me go through all of the moves because um, we're going to talk about all these players, and you've already mentioned a couple of the names of other players that have been promoted. Um, and there's been a lot <laughs> in the last two uh, day and a half alone i've i've counted nine separate tri- uh, movements in the bujays organization up or down um so might as well just get them all out of the way <laughs> i don't know if that's okay with you but no let's do it um so moving f- from the gulf coast league uh rookie ball up to bluefield is grayson huffman um and then from bluefield to vancouver we talked about it already it was richard urena and Bluefield also lost Rowdy Telez, who moved up a couple of levels up to Lansing, uh, where he's starting tonight, first base. He uh, was one for two with a walk last I checked, unless that's changed. Um, so he's already in the lineup. And Vancouver doesn't lose anybody, and but they but they gain Urena, so they, they gained a shortstop. Uh, Lansing, they lose Mitch Ney, who moves up to Dunedin, uh, and he... I don't know if he's had a game there yet or not, um, but he's he's up I in... I think tonight's his yeah. second game. He, okay. made his, he made his debut last night. So he's already in the lineup for Dunedin. Dunedin <laughs> loses two players. They send uh, Jeremy Gabrzewski. <laughs> Gabrzewski. I don't know how to pronounce it. Gabrzewski. Yeah. He goes down yeah. to Lansing, and Gustavo Pieri, as I'm told, is how it's pronounced. Oh, that's weird. It's like P-R-A or something. P-R-A. Yeah, he's uh, P-R-A, if you want. Uh, moves up to New Hampshire, and he's now oh, in Dublin. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. he is no longer with Dunedin. New Hampshire, they gain P-R-A, but they lose Dalton Pompey to Buffalo. That was a, a few days ago. He's up in, in Buffalo in AAA now. Uh, he actually broke that news to everybody on his Twitter account, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. The first person to, to announce it was actually Don, Dalton Pompey himself. <laughs> so he is up in AAA, and he's going to push uh, Ghost a little bit. I think I, last I heard, he was in center field, and Ghost was was moved over to one of the corner outfields. I can't remember which one, um, but it kind of lit a fire under Ghost because he, I think, he's stolen four bases tonight. He, he's, yeah, he won. <laughs> I, I I looked at the box score in like the fourth, and he was two for two with three stolen bases yeah. or somewhere. Well, he's yeah, still second so. and third after yeah. one of the singles. Um, so right. he's he's on a roll today, uh, and also one other transaction: Buffalo sends down. Brad Glenn to Double A, and Glenn of, of course spent a little bit of time with the Blue Jays this year, so he's he's been shifted up and down at some point this season. Yes, that's when the Blue Jays were truly grasping at straws. Well, that was the Kevin Pillar pulled a hissy fit. We need to call somebody up quick. That was we need that someone one. that we think <laughs> can be a right-handed power hitter, right. but is absolutely not. <laughs> Thanks for coming. And Pillar has just been. Unconscious down in in AAA since going down. Uh, yes, which makes you wonder how bad that hissy fit actually was. Because mm-hmm. he's not um, he hasn't had a sniff. He hasn't spent a day on the no. on the twenty five man roster since that. Uh, no, it's it's weird considering that for a spell there, you know, before Encarnacion and all those guys came back, that 
they did need some help, and yet here's this guy down in double-A raking, you know, hitting doubles for fun, it seems. And, yeah, it hadn't translated to, uh, to the major league level yet, but you think he could have done a bit better of a job than some of the guys they did have mm-hmm. up there. But So who knows? I'm assuming he will come up come, you know, when the, when the rosters expand in September. If he doesn't, then something's obviously very oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. September rolls around and Pilar's not up then. There are some yeah. questions that need to be asked. Yeah. And his future probably isn't... Uh... <laughs> is terminated. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least from a Pilar's perspective, you wouldn't want to yeah. be in that organization anymore. No. Um, so let's let's go through the moves then. Uh, do you have anything to say on Huffman? I haven't really heard much about Grayson Huffman, but he's up in Bluefield now. Yeah, well, he was always a bit old for that level. He was... This is the guy we talked about in the draft, wasn't it? Because... Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a funny name, if I recollect. He's Grayson Huffman, and he went to Grayson University yeah. or somewhere. <laughs> um, All right, I remember that now. Um, what was he? He's like a, I've actually gone and got my computer now, so I can look him up while I ran the rattle on. You've never heard of Harvard Johnson that went to Harvard? Come on. That's I've never so heard common. of him. Yeah, it's a six-round <laughs> pick. Um, what did they sign him to on? Just trying to think. He wasn't a, a senior sign. They gave him a, a, a boat slot, I think. So, um, you know, at, at 20, or no, it was only 19, so it was a junior college they got him out of. So, yeah, he pitched well in the GCL, um, whip of 0.741, so quite good, you know, was better than than the level it seemed the whole time he was there. So it, this was a move I I think was a bit of a, a bit of a long time coming. Maybe mm-hmm. it was just a, a bit of a numbers game with Bluefield. Hmm. And Rowdy Telez is the next big name. We've talked about him quite a bit before. You know, he's he's a big prospect and he's one of the big heavy hitters that uh, unfortunately for us skips Vancouver, goes right from Bluefield up to Lansing. And it's unfortunate we don't get to see him here in Vancouver, but it makes a lot of sense based on how he swung the bat. Well, like I said, yeah, may mention before, you know, it was it was an obvious call that he was going to move. Um, I've, I'm surprised that it's Lansing. I'm, I suppose now looking back with Mitch Nay going up the day before from Lansing to Dunedin, that opening spot, I'm guessing Matt Dean, if you, if you said tells has started tonight at first, that means Matt Dean's probably shifted around to third or Justin Atkinson and, and Dean's the aging. But they've, they've got the ability to, to sort of kind of move those players around and everybody's a bit interchangeable. Dean can play third, Atkinson can play third, they can both play first, Tellers can play first, Tellers can obviously DH. Yeah. Um, that's all, that's all stuff that can be worked out. What's more important yeah, is the exactly, fact that he's that, in Lansing. That that could have all worked out in Vancouver as well, mm-hmm. um, and like a regular Twitter correspondent and guest of our blog, our first ever sorry not blog our first ever podcast, you and Ross said to me on Twitter and and it's you know I agree wholeheartedly is is he's surprised they're boosting him to a dead Lansing team because mm. you know Lansing are, are out of it and it looks like yeah. you know they're trying to get all the prospects that they're happy with. You know, guys have had good seasons in Lansing. They're trying to get him out of there, trying to get him up to Dunedin, like uh, like Mitch Ney. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel Castro, who I think we should touch on a bit more in a second. Um, 
you know, they're trying to get those guys up to Deneen because Deneen have already qualified as, as we mentioned previously yeah. for the, for the Florida state league playoffs. But maybe it's just um, the level that they feel they're comfortable with sending to Les and they, they only want them to, to just get a taste of what it's like playing at that level. Yeah. I think, I think that probably has a, has a part to it as well. Um, you know, obviously they, they, they think that he's done well enough and advanced enough that he will start the season next year in Lansing. So give him how many games they've got left as a, as a bit of a taster. Um, mm-hmm. So he, it's not completely overawed by it when he, uh, when he starts the next year. Hmm. Well, it's interesting to see how he's going to respond to the promotion. He seems to be doing well. The, all the reports we're getting from the, the Lansing People on Twitter have said he's been very patient and had a very solid hit. That was sort of up the middle that got taken away. So the one out he did make um, was a was a line drive, and he has a walk to his credit as well. And that was worked back from O two, I believe. So good yeah, start. He's, a, he's especially lately. I mean, obviously he got off to a ridiculously bad start in in Bluefield this year, which was disappointing for all of us that were hoping for bigger things from him this year. Um, for the last year or sorry, month or so, he's been unconscious and, and part of it has been his, his play discipline. He, he knows the zone, um, willing to take a walk. Um, he's also willing to go the other way from, from everything I can gather. Mm. I had a bit of a Twitter conversation with uh, Nathaniel Stoltz who writes for uh, com, and just asked him you know, he, what he saw Bluefield earlier in the season and, you know, what he saw of, of Rowdy when he was struggling earlier the year, and and he said, yeah, you know, he he was trying to pull everything, um, trying to get the bat, the barrel of the bat out in front yeah. of, of all those pitches, and, and not really waiting back, especially on off-speed stuff, and that's what was throwing him off. Is he was getting out in the front foot. Um, so as as he progressed and as he started to to I guess feel more comfortable, I don't know what what how the switch you know, flipped on for him, but he started to be able to wait back, trust his hands a bit more, and was, and was shooting balls to left field as, as well as pulling it. Um, he's got a lot of pop all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he was you know, watching Batista not. a little bit. <laughs> maybe. Going the other way. Yeah. Not, maybe not home run power to uh, opposite field just, mm-hmm. late, just yet, but, you know, the reports I was getting from extended spring training is saying that his bat speed is, is off the charts. Mm-hmm. So, He's an exciting prospect. It's not yeah. often you you hear about you know raw power in the minor leagues these days. So it's someone definitely to keep an eye on both for the rest of the season and next. And it's not often the guys completely leapfrog Vancouver. You know, it does happen every once in a while, but you know when it when it does happen, it's something to make note of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the guys on the Lansing team this year did, but we at least got to see them for a cup of coffee when they when they came up to Vancouver last yeah. year for. Uh, for a couple of playoff games, you know the guys I mentioned earlier. Um, Matt Dean did jump Vancouver, but he also had repeated Bluefield. So, you know, I guess they felt that age-wise, it was more appropriate to be full season ball. So, yeah, it, it, it it's disappointing that we're not going to get to see him. He's not going to be a part of the uh, the playoff drive. Okay. And it's one of those things again, you know, where I, I would have loved to have seen him, but I'll hate to if I have to see him next year, because that means he's failed somehow, but there's no way, <laughs> you know, they'll promote him to Lansing now and, and then bring him back to start with next year in Vancouver, right. unless he has a horrific spring, which, you know, is bad news. So it, it's, it's, it's win lose. If he, um, if 
we see him next year. So hopefully we don't. Hopefully he, uh, he goes on to uh, to rank in Lansing and, and see what happens from there. Mitch Ney moves up from Lansing, who we've had lots of reports on Ney this year from the people that we follow on Twitter, but, but from the Lansing Lugnuts. And now he goes up and, and he's on to the next challenge in, in Dunedin and advanced uh, single A ball. And how do you think he's going to respond to that? And, and did you really see this coming? It's one of those things where when when the move was made, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wasn't necessarily predicting it. Um, he he'd had he's one of the guys in Lansing. Lansing's such a tough team this year. To you know, when I, I wrote an article ten days, two weeks ago about you know my top thirty prospects from last year and and where I see those guys going. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they're going to be up, down, or about about even as to where they were. Um, and those all those Lansing guys, I just I'm struggling to get a feel for because they've really struggled as as a team. And you know, those like guys like Michelin and Della Lugo and Matt Dean have been really streaky throughout yeah. the season. They've had unbelievable hot streaks, and then they go dead cold for a week or ten days. Um, you know, but Michelin was uh, I'd like to say he was leading the league in doubles. I'm not I can't not 100 percent certain of that. Mm-hmm. But he's had a pretty good year. His, his the light tower power that I think a lot of people expected out of him hasn't really progressed to to game power just yet. Um, whether it ever will is is unknown. Um, but he's obviously got a very good feel for the strike zone. Um, he's he's got an advanced kind of approach. Um, looks to spray at tall fields. Um, does have gap power at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and from all reports I'm getting, is his defense at third is much improved. So that that was one of the big questions a lot of people had is, you know, if he has to move off third, where else does he go? Yeah. It's probably first, in which case his bat has to play at a, as a at a very high level. Um, so yeah, I, I again on Twitter asked Mark Hewitt what he'd heard, another Fangraphs writer. And he said the same thing, very encouraging season, you know, defense much approved, power will come, maybe not 25 plus homers, but, you know, looking at 15 to 20 homers with 30 doubles. So I'll take that. Yeah, if that defense can can catch up to that, then definitely. Yeah. Uh, And and Lansing as a team, you're right, they are very confusing because coming into the year, we just assumed that they were stacked and that they were going to be a gimme for the playoffs. And it's been been a trying season in Lansing. It has been, yeah. The pitchers have, have really struggled. You know, Toronto, we've got Toronto on the board. You know, same scenario. I, I wanted, love to see the guys, but it meant that they failed at a higher level. Um, Chase DeYoung hasn't really progressed like any, like we all hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Robinson went down with Tommy John. Shane Dawson's injured right now. It, it's been a really, really tough season for pitching. Alonzo Gonzalez has proven to be more organizational than than prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Davis hasn't really taken a step forward that we we all hoped. Um, Some would argue. Yeah, yeah. Lugo has been, as we said, you know, he's had some had some spells where he's been absolutely unbelievable, and then you know he sort of runs away and hides for a while. So, mm-hmm. and he's he's a bit of a funny one too. Is you know with all the movement with the Urania coming up to Vancouver and. Yeah. and Gustavo PRA, who has played a bit of short and third, and, and Emilio Guerrero and Dunedin's been shifted around a bit. I'm a bit surprised that that uh, they haven't sent Lugo up to Dunedin uh, to take over shortstop position out there because 
you know, they've been playing Peter Mooney there a lot, and he's he's a non-prospect. So, um, who knows? You know, obviously they're 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 looking down at, at the board right now and, and moving the chess pieces around. I think, you know, with the moves they've made to to help the Dineen team, they obviously want them to be successful in the playoffs. You know, Taylor Cole and and, and Matt Boyd were both up in New Hampshire for a while. Both are back down in uh, Dineen. Castro's gone up. Um, mm-hmm. You know they're they're loading up the pitching staff. That's for, that's for certain. Um, you know with Mitch Nagy going up there, and it, 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 you know they've struggled a bit since they won the first half, just because then you know all their best players were were promoted. You know Pompey left, Norris left. Um, yeah. Now they're getting some guys coming up from below. We'll we'll see how it translates uh, come playoff time. And you mentioned the name Castro. It's one I forgot because it wasn't on the list because it's so recent. But uh, Castro has actually left Lansing now. He's in Dunedin. He's he's short stay for him in Lansing. He's moved his way up already. He pitched yesterday and pitched quite well. well. Was, yeah, quite well. He was and unbelievable. I was, I was listening to a bit of it yesterday. And I, uh, now he's up in Dunedin ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I was. I, was, I accidentally, and if... If Jesse uh, Goldberg-Stress is listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I, I somehow got it onto the uh, West Michigan Whitecaps feed yesterday. But it, it's kind of it's, it's fun sometimes to listen to the away feed, especially when you've got a good pitcher going for, for your team because, you know, you like to hear what they were saying about it. And they were okay. effusive in their praise of, of Castro. You know, he was he was dominant. Um, Sounds like a cover-up story to me for yeah. not listening to Jesse, but uh. well, how that happened? My tune-in must have been broken. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, he was okay. he was unbelievable, and, and you know he's only made four appearances in Lansing, but hmm. you know his usual stuff: eight eight point three Ks for nine. You know, under one whip, um, only nine in runs in in twenty one twenty one innings. So. He's he's, he's been very good. He's well. I mean, uh, yeah. When I spoke to Jeff Ware about him on Tuesday, I said, you know, I, uh, first time I actually had a chance to talk to him since the promotion, and you know, he didn't know much about it from an organizational what what they viewed him. They just he said, look, we just get a phone call and, and off he goes. But you know, from my point of view, he he just needed a new challenge. He was he yeah. was too good for this league. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about a 19 year old kid that was pitching in the Dominican Summer League last year, so. You know he's he's absolutely ballooned. You know, and, and in a, in a system that's ballooned quite a few players this year, um, he's he's just another one. So it's it's mm-hmm. great to see. It's funny that you mentioned the listening to other teams' broadcasts when you're up in the net in the in the press box, as you probably know, Charlie. You can hear the other teams' play-by-play guy usually on the uh, right beside you, or there's a wall, but you can still hear him pretty clearly. <laughs> And at the game yesterday, Matt Smarl was was pitching, and he was pretty uh, pretty animate about how much he he was intimidated by Smarl because he's he's quite big on the mound, six foot eight. Uh, if you don't know about Matt, Matt Smarl, he's uh, he's a big guy, he's a big lefty, and uh, he couldn't uh, stop giving him praise about how how much he was bearing down on those hitters for Boise, uh, and and Boise themselves actually had one of their top prospects on the mound that game as well to start. Um, the guy who started for Boise is Jake Stinnett, who was a second rounder for the Cubs uh, this past draft. So it was a, I don't know, a bit of a, a star-studded uh, pitching matchup for uh, for the game yesterday at the Nat. Yeah, it was it was really good. As 
I don't know if I have mentioned this yet. I actually went. I've got a buddy in town from England, so I actually bought a ticket yesterday and went as a fan. Mm. So that, of course, means I had a a few beers. So may not have been watching as closely as I normally <laughs> do. But um, yeah, I always just assume on. you have a few beers in your system, Charlie. Yeah, I just... yeah exactly. <laughs> just, just assume that it's probably just topping topping it up. <laughs> um, you know, I, I tried to pay a bit more uh, closer attention when once Morel came on, and yeah, I was, I was, I'd like to say blown away. That might be a bit strong, but I was extremely impressed with with what he what he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, six eight. He's he's a good. I mean, his his baseball reference page says he's two twenty. I don't know if that's right or it. not, but I wouldn't doubt, wouldn't it. doubt it. He's not he's not Miguel Castro. <laughs> that's for sure he's a, he's a big dude he's got this little kind of I don't know if you noticed it yesterday he after he does his leg kick he kind of and I'm sure there's a much a far more technical term that's right for this but he, his delivery kind of hesitates a bit and then he just sort of strides forward towards the plate and explodes on hitters and you know it must look to them like he's right on top of them yeah. at that height and the way he jumps off the rubber and, and comes after him yeah. um you know, I've, uh, this is just a guess. He threw, what, four innings yesterday, yeah. probably 40 to 50 pitches, of which I'd say 25, 30 fastballs. Most of them were 92. Yeah. The radar gun, it was metronomic. It was like 92, 92, 92. The odd 93, 94, but mainly 92. But yeah. Which you don't think, you know, that this is in premium velocity, especially when you see guys like Laborde and Castro getting it up to 98. But... I did not see one hitter get around on him and yeah. and pull the ball on his fastball. A lot of late, like other way fastballs. Tons of late, late swings. Yeah. yeah, they just they. I think they just don't see the ball out of his hand. You know, he he gets on it so quickly, and he get and he gets. You know, the ball is exposed out of his yeah. hand so much. Well, his reach is so long, right? He's he's right on top yeah. of it before you know it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That the hitters just have no idea. Even in yeah. fastball counts, when they're looking fastball, they're they're still behind them. Yeah. And then he comes in with this 84, 85 mile an hour slider that's got mm. massive depth to it, and and they're just waving at it, absolutely waving. Um, the only pitch that I saw anybody barrel up was his changeup, and that's just because he, right now he throws it a bit too firm. So right. if he's throwing his fastball at ninety two. He's thrown that change up at 86. There's just not enough separation yet. So 86 to them looks like a, a decent fastball, <laughs> and, they're, and they're actually getting around on yeah. it. But, in fact, it's it's his change. Um, so that's the only thing I think he needs to work on going forward. And, and I, I honestly think we could, you know, you're looking at another, you know, I've made Daniel Norris comparisons in my writing <laughs> uh, before, but I don't think it's a, stress to say that you know if he starts next year in Lansing I think we could easily see him kind of move through a, uh, through a, de- a few different levels well I, I did see some mixed reviews on Twitter about Smarl's pitching yesterday and I I didn't get it honestly I, it was four innings is what he pitched and essentially it was four hitless innings the only hit he gave up was a f- routine fly ball to left field that was lost in the lights yeah and that was it he had two walks one of the walks was a 3-2 count, which he spotted, a, I believe it was one of his sliders, right on the corner, which the, the hitter took because he didn't have any idea what to do with it. It looked like a strike to me, and they called it ball four. So essentially four clean innings with one walk, two, technically two walks. Um, that looks dominant to me. <laughs> any way you look at it, it was, it was a dominant performance to me. 
Well, yeah, and his start, his last start, he went five innings of of one hit baseball again with with two walks and, and four strikeouts. So, you know, his last nine innings, say he's pitched a full game now. Mm-hmm. Um, nine hits. innings, <laughs> two hits, one one of which, you know, both you and I saw that was an easy out. Just uh, who was playing last last night? Um, new guy, Chris Carlson. Well, that was the new guy, uh, yeah. Miller. Um, totally lost in the lights right off the bat. Um, and so yeah, nine innings, two hits, four walks, nine Ks. That's pretty good. And, so and the, I, I didn't see anything in Twitter today that was not talking positively about the start. So mm-hmm. I don't know who you're well, calling. There, there were some command issues people were saying, and I, I didn't really see it because oh, there, yeah, there was there was a couple of fastballs where he totally lost. It mm-hmm. was wild oh, he threw to the backstop. Yeah. yeah, that was to start off the inning. I think maybe it was just a little, you know, between yeah. innings he may have cooled down a bit, but. Uh, I didn't see the command issues because I don't know how many three ball counts he had. Maybe three or four in the four innings. I don't think he had very many of them. Not like he was no. coming close no, he... to walking a bunch of guys. It was pretty straightforward that he was pounding them in with the fastballs, and, and they weren't just they were just not getting around on it. No, he was getting ahead of guys, and, and he was able to use his slider as, as an old pitch. And yeah, I, I was very impressed. I mean, obviously we've we've discussed this before. I tend to. Uh, swoon a bit over prospects uh, I look forward to I think I did the math and we should get one more opportunity to see him at the net um, unfortunately it'll be I'd rather see him start mm. um, but I think he'll start down in Eugene so we'll see him in the um, in the back end of the of the piggyback with Ryan Barucki when he's back home but still it'll be uh, it'll be good to see him again all right. Just to just to get another look. And speaking of which, um, if I can quickly get this in, I yeah. actually had a, a, a question come in on Twitter from Ryan Tread Treadchuk. Sorry if I've said that wrong. Um, and he's asked me about Ryan Barucki. What's his stuff like? So I'm sure you can comment as well. Mm-hmm. Having watched the game last night, I thought it was pretty good. I was first. I, I had seen him before, but only for an inning or two. Um, I, I was pretty impressed last night. Um, you know, not premium velocity on his fastball. No. I think he was mainly sitting 88-89, but had really good separation to his other pitches. His, his changeup was coming in like sort of 77-78, so yeah. good 10-mile-an-hour difference, which was keeping hitters off balance. And then he had that hammer of a curveball, which, you know, he was even throwing in at 66-67 occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I was pretty impressed. He, he was spotting up all three pitches. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, next time when they're in town and, and he's starting and Smurl is coming in, I'm, I'm going to look to sit right behind home plate mm. so I can get a good view of, of what both of them are doing. So I'll have a bit more then, but, you know, this is the guy that they got in the, what was it, the 14th round or something on and paid him almost 300 grand over slot because mm. um, he, he was a, a Tommy John guy in high school. So still not not maybe young like some of the other prospects, but young as far as as, as pitching age is, is concerned. Um, hence the piggyback situation. Yeah. So kind of, yeah, someone definitely to keep an eye on. Well, Berkey, I, I noticed as well, you said he was changing speeds, keeping hitters off balance, but second time through the order, I felt like they timed him up a little bit more, and that kind of led to the, the runs that he gave up. But overall, I, I, you're right, he was he was pretty decent throughout most of the game. Yeah, I was downstairs getting a beer when when they scored the first oh. couple of runs, which I guess were on a couple of errors, anyways. Yeah, there was 
some pretty bad defense, which we've, I guess we've just some grown accustomed to it with the Canadians this year, but. Wow. Well, um, baseball is it? That's true. That is true. But moving on, we'll, uh, we're getting to the top almost here. Um, we're, we'll talk a little bit, I guess, about Gustavo Pieri, uh, if you want to mention his promotion to, to double A. Um, which is a big jump. And that's they say the biggest jump is when you move up to Double A. So it'll be a good true test for for him. And we we got, I guess we finally get to see what he's made of. Yeah, well, he he didn't play a lot of um, third, I think. So I think that's basically just a move to Fill a make hole. room for Michigan. Yeah, um, make a hole. <laughs> make a hole exactly. <laughs> you know, he's repeating. He was repeating the Florida State League this year. Um, uh, well, no, he he kind of got promoted midway through last year from Lansing. Yeah. Um, you know, wasn't having a particularly great season this year. Only uh, OPS of 675 with a, a low 285 on base percentage. So yeah, I think I think what they're doing is clearing space, like you said, for the prospects. So they want they want the prospects and the guys that they're high on in on teams that have a chance to play in the playoffs mm. and. New Hampshire have been putrid this season, so basically we're going to give you all of our crap. And, and nice. can you send all the good players to Buffalo and, you know, the ones that we'd sent up from Dunedin who we think maybe can play double-A sooner or later, like Taylor Cole and Matt Boyd, send them back down. Are you in marketing so, for New Hampshire? Uh, it sounds yeah, like you're... Uh, well, no, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes just how it works out, isn't it? You know, but... Yeah, it makes you sense. Know, I, I look at all the box scores for the Blue Jays affiliates every every night just to see who's done what. Now I don't even bother looking at New Hampshire anymore. You know, as much as I love the the single digit assassin Jorge Flores after his season here in Vancouver, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> wow, I guess this year, you know, it's a good baseball yeah. town, and I've heard it's a great place to oh, go yeah. see a game, it's, but it's, not. It's meant not to be an year. amazing place, but yeah, this year they've just had a bit of bad luck with with team and and you know. Obviously, you, you, they probably were thrilled that Daniel Norris has come up. Aaron Sanchez started the season there. Um, mm-hmm. Pompey came up, and then all of a sudden they're all gone, just like that. You know, who who would have expected Norris? So, what do you make? Six starts, seven starts. Pompey was there for a couple of months, got off to a slow start, but then yeah. was was raking over over his last month. Well, or he so. only played then, what thirty one games, and then he got called yeah. up. Yeah, and then got injured and comes back from the DL. It's like, oh yeah, he, he's back from the DL. Great. Yeah, we're sending him to Buffalo. <laughs> what? Get out of this dump. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, New Hampshire. So, uh, yeah. Um, and and yeah, Dalton Pompey is the other guy we should touch on as well. Yeah. He's in well, Buffalo. Unbelievable. You know, it's funny because I mentioned this on the podcast, whatever episode it was. Um, you know, I when I had a chat with Clayton McCullough when he was in town, and this was just after, well, about a week after the the all-star break for the Florida State League. And I asked him, like, what the hell is, is Pompey still doing in, in Dunedin? <laughs> and he just gave me the old, you know, like, oh, well, maybe he, he's probably at the level that you know, we feel he's, he's, you know, he's ready to be at and yada, sure. yada, yada. And then also <laughs> he's gone to New Hampshire and then on to Buffalo. So I was like, yeah. wow, okay. Did you give him a look when he gave you that answer? Or? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Clayton's a funny guy. He keeps a pretty straight face when you talk to him. You don't know what he's actually thinking, but he obviously knows the, the game backwards and forwards and the system inside out. So, I love um, that in interviews, though. I've had it happen a, a few times where you know the person is 
not blatantly lying, but definitely not giving you the full story. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you're in a group of reporters, and you all just kind of look, turn, and look at each other, like, okay, okay, yeah. buddy. <laughs> this is. Well, I, I thought I read a story like two days ago that Tim Laiuki. Uh, no, I'm absolutely not stepping down from yeah. <laughs> NOSC, and then today he does. You know, it's like, okay, hang on a second here. Let's backtrack. Or, Rewind the tape for a second. Yeah, or Ryan Kessler came on Team 1040. Like, no, no, I fully intend on staying in Vancouver. I've, I've paid for my daughter's private school, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. Yeah, I want to be traded. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, the best moment I can think of is uh, during that line brawl when Tortorella freaked out and tried to kill the, the flames in the in the dressing room. And after the game, we went down and, and talked to Hartley, the, the coach of the flames. And we said, you know, what what the heck were your, your goons doing at the start of the game, to, to, to start off the game. And, and they have to submit their lineup first, so it was his decision to do it. And his his answer was that he'd been playing, McGratton and, and the guys had been playing well, uh, yeah. and he felt like they gave him a good chance to get off to a good start in the game. Yeah. And everyone just kind of like, McGratton's like, he's like got, what, seven goals his entire career? Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and he said it with a completely straight face, and we all just looked at each other like, oh my God. God, are you really going to say this? You're, you're going to go in this direction. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'm a bit naive sometimes. But yeah, when Clayton told me, like, yeah, yeah, you know, we think guys are at certain, at the right level for that, and then blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> you just got to move Pom- on. Just... Pompey goes to Buffalo, is in Buffalo already. Kendall Graveman's done four levels this year or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, Dunedin was the level you should have been at, eh? Okay. Yeah. Well, things change. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> It's funny, but yeah, I mean, obviously, getting back to Vancouver, right. you know, you know, if, if Urena comes up, you would expect, and the season that Barreto's had, that he would move up. He, he definitely deserves to. Mm-hmm. He's in um, with power now, Barreto. I should mention that. Oh, He's got, what, well, five last, home runs now? Five home runs. Um, last night, uh, what was it, his, his third AB, where yep. he went the other way to the warning track. You just don't see that from right-handed hitters. It was not. It was now, sure, but, you know, the guy was one step away from the wall. Yeah. At the net. Had the that opposite field from an 18 year old kid who's 510. You know, <laughs> he the kid has got some pop. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna write an article on him in the, in the next week or so trying to figure out how many how many stats categories he may end up leading. In he's, the he set a record for runs, uh, Canadian. He's he set a record yeah, for runs. He's, he's probably gonna end up with their hits record, um, which is a little more important than runs. He could. Well, no, it's it's funny because he's is he leading the, he's leading the season both RBIs and runs, which is tough to do. You're you know most players are either one or the other. That's aren't true. They? Um, he uh, he could. It, it's a stretch to. He's got twenty three doubles right now, twenty one stolen bases. I like to say so. He could end up as a thirty thirty double stolen bases guy. Mm-hmm. It's as I said, that would be a stretch. He'd have to go on a bit of a tear over the next uh, ten games. Um, but still, you know, he's had a, a season of the ages, really, and has been far better than than I expected. His his defense, I, w- I was saying to the uh, the assistant media relations guy overseas that I've yet to see him go into the five six hole and uh, be able to make that long throw across the diamond. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, he's done it. And then sure enough, the uh, the Tuesday night there was a chopper into that hole, and <laughs> and he couldn't he couldn't make the throw, and it was a bit of a lollipop throw so until mm-hmm. I can see him go into that hole consistently and, and be able to throw across the diamond I, I sh- I'm not going to go ahead and say he's going to stick at shortstop mm-hmm. but 
nevertheless, his bat's going to play wherever they put him, um, unless it's the the first base, the dreaded first base tag, yeah. which uh, with his athleticism isn't going to happen. So, the, so uh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, so I mean, I think you know, I think you know, I I need to take a bit of a closer look, but I think you're looking at the NWL um, most valuable player, which is hmm. incredible considering he is the youngest positional yeah. player in the league. Wow. I didn't know he was even in the discussion, but it makes sense if he would be. Well, he's leading, like I said, you know, four or five categories of offensive categories in the league. He's yeah. he's leading it, so I, <laughs> I don't see who else. I know Seth Spivey with Spokane has been really good. Um, I'll, I'll take a bit of a closer look and maybe have a better answer for the next podcast next week. <laughs> Spokane's funny. They won the first half, and now they're the worst team in the division, 10-16 and 16, since the second half began. Um, yeah, minor league baseball is funny, man. Yeah. And if you if you get the the full standings with all of the games from the season so far, the, the Canadians have actually overtaken the the Indians for first place. But because of the way it's set up, the the Indians win the first half, and now the Canadians are are thirteen and fourteen, which is good for second place in the Northwest North Division. Um, yeah, and they could miss out; they're half a game back from the first place. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, we'll, but, you know, we will see. Spokane is, is dead last. They go from first to last. Does that happen often in the Northwest League? I don't even know. Um, not that I can remember. I mean, the last couple of years it's been basically Everett, Vancouver. So, you know, and, and Everett's a couple times actually won both halves. Um, yeah. And Vancouver, Vancouver's gotten on with the next best record. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I don't know. Haven't been following it close enough, Greg. <laughs> You, you put me on the spot. Yeah, you're you're such a standings watcher. I know for, for yeah, minor league exactly. baseball. But, uh, you want to see the Canadians play some meaningful games in in the playoffs, don't you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Although well, I'm going to be away if they do make the finals, I'm I'm away anyway. So where are you going? I'm going to miss it. I'm going to Boston for the Blue Jays series that weekend. Uh, I'm going to see Fenway. Yes. You were hoping that it was the the game when they'd clinch a playoff spot, weren't you? Well, I, you know what? I, you're absolutely right. I had it in the back of my head that it would still be meaningful baseball, but I went down to Seattle, which at the time was meaningful games coming out of it after a yeah. three-game sweep. <laughs> Maybe the, the games after that weren't so meaningful, but hey, you never know. I'm, I'm still a fan, Greg. I'm not going to give up hope. <laughs> But yeah, there's been some rather negative signs. You're a journalist. Down. You're not a fan. You can't think. I know. Think yourself that way, Charlie. Come on. Well, I know. Unpaid journalist, <laughs> so I can still be a fan. <laughs> I didn't know that rule. <laughs> <laughs> All those years I was doing uh, stuff in college, play by play. I could have been a fan as well. Come on. Exactly. But you you carry uh, yourself with such professionalism that it evens out. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Quickly on tonight, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I saw Dineen, uh Roberto Cena through what four shutout innings tonight too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good news. So yep. that's, that's great to see. So that that was the other picture I was thinking of in Dineen. It would be a because they only do it's a three game series for their first play, playoff series as well. So obviously mm-hmm. it, last year they got hammered, I think, in two games against the uh, Chicago Cubs affiliate, who are I'm not sure. Um. And it was it was a bit of a bone of contention for me. I, I argued not only with a, f- a few of my fellow you know bloggers over Twitter sphere, um, but I I had a bit of a go at Jim Sikowski. We had a an argument because they started um, the need made the playoffs last year as well. Yeah. And they started Austin Bidders Dirks, who is 
you know, 26 complete as non-prospect as a non-prospect would get. Well, he was up in AAA this year, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he was up in AA for the bulk of last year, and then they they, they demoted him to Dunedin, which hmm. is kind of similar to what they what they've done with Matt Boyd and, and Terry Cole. Hmm. Although both those guys were up were up in New Hampshire for a, a lot shorter of a, of a time frame, um, just specifically for the playoffs. And then even though they had you know Aaron Sanchez and they promoted Daniel Norris near the end of the season, they start this this twenty six year old non prospect, which. <laughs> For me, it didn't make a lot of sense. Like, if you're promoting all these prospects to get them up there, which I, this is exactly what they've done this year, you yeah. know, Mitch Nay, guys like that, you know, then start them. Let's let's see what they've got. So it'll be very interesting to see how they how they break down their rotation for the playoffs this year because you've got Roberto Suno, who you know is a is a died in the wool top five prospect in the in the Jays system, and then you've got you know Miguel Castro who. Mm-hmm. Whew, we're we're, we're going to have serious con- consideration to be you know at or near you know in the five to eight range. Yeah. Um, are these the two guys? Are they, are they going to go game one and two, or <laughs> are you going to go with the tried and true you know Taylor Cole and and Matt Boyd, who you know yeah fringe prospects maybe, but probably more organizational. Yeah. Um, so it it'll be really interesting. Um, same with Vancouver, you know, you know, with, with Smorel, um, you know, he's just come up, you know, he's young, he's, he hasn't a ton of pro experience, but if they make the playoffs, you know, last year they promoted Hyrule Laborde and, and started him game one, um, yeah. of, of the final series. So it, who, who goes for Vancouver? I mean, Wazalewski's made every start this season, but he, he sure as hell hasn't pitched all that well over the last month month and a half so you, you never know you, around this time of year who's yeah. gonna end up where and so it's it's really really kind of pointless to, to even guess because you never know what teams are thinking and, and right, who's right, even right. in over, at this point right over the next three days we may see another nine moves and yeah. you know guerrero up in Dunedin did did start short today so maybe he will stick there and, yeah. and lugo will stay in, in lansing and i've heard rumors that Barreto is going to stay at vancouver for the rest of the season you know so who knows? I wouldn't doubt it, but uh, I think the focus well, no, for the I Canadians mean, now is just getting into the playoffs, which they're they're trying to get him to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's playing meaningful games night in, night out, and he's only eighteen. So yeah, yeah there's, there's absolutely no reason. Looks like Vancouver. I don't know where. It's, have you got the radio? It looks like Vancouver scored five four. Yeah, I I don't have the radio up, but I have the 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 game log up, and they've tied it five five. There was two runs. Uh, on a couple single, oh, well, a single and a ground out, so there was two runs scored that way. The least exciting way to tie a ball game, but hey, they they tied it at five. So. There you go, Bredos, <laughs> a mere two for two of the night with a run scored. So typical stuff. He likes his DH. Yeah, <laughs> likes taking a break. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? We we went through the standings and where the Canadians sit. They're one half a game back of first place, uh, and. I don't know how many games are left if I have their their schedule up. Well, they've got what three left in the set, a five game set away to Eugene, and then three back at home. So yeah. after mm, tonight, they'll be ten. It. Yeah. So, so they're close. They're they're really they're right there. And if you know they 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 do have to win this this round because it doesn't look like Spokane's going to win. And uh, the rule is if Spokane wins both rounds or both the 
halves of the season, then it's the next best record, and the Canadians would easily have that. But Spokane is not going to win the second half, and it's going to be up to the Canadians to to win it, and they they got some work to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. I've been so blasé about it saying, oh, yeah, they're bidding the playoffs mm-hmm. easily, you know, just looking at their record. But, yeah, you're right, you know. Tri-City could, could go on a bit of a, I don't know what their schedule's like. Um, but, you know, Vancouver's got Eugene. Spokane has the chance away. to play spoilers at the end there in the last three-game set. So. Yeah, so we've got Spokane at, a, Spokane at home. Um, but the five-gamer with Eugene prior to that is, you know, Eugene are probably the worst team in the Northwest League. So hmm. you would hope that they would be able to go down there and at least take three or five, maybe even four or five, um, which would set them up nicely coming home. Um, Tri-City. So, yeah, I mean, you, you say even though they've got five games away, it's, it, I think it still sets up pretty nicely for them. Tri-City yeah. go to, you know, they're home for the rest of the schedule. Actually, they're, they're away to stay on Kaiser right now and, and for the next three nights. And then they're home to Hillsborough, who are obviously the best team over in the, yeah. in the South Division. They won the first half flag. And it looks like they're going to win the second half as well. Well, the, the, the um, Seas could end up playing Spokane a lot if they have the last three games against them and then a possible playoff matchup if they're in the it. playoffs as well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, which, you know, the fact of the matter is Spokane isn't playing all that well in the second half, which kind of bodes well if, if they do get in. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, looking very uh, far ahead, but yeah, we're we're looking ahead, but and hopefully we will actually get another podcast in before then, so we can discuss it a bit more then. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, but uh, it's kind of slipped my mind at, at the moment, so we won't worry about it. <laughs> um, anything else yeah. you wanted to touch on before we let no, the listeners go? I was just saying, I thought there was something at the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Oh no! Are you forgetting um, something again? Again, yeah. <laughs> well, how very rare, Charlie. Um, <laughs> you have to mention it when you post it on your blog. Just have a little add in yeah, at the yeah. end. And <laughs> um, so no, I, I think that's good. I'm 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 looking forward to. Uh, I think tonight was uh, Daniel Norris's last start for Buffalo, which right. was excellent. Again, what five innings of one run baseball and nine Ks. Moving to the bullpen. Um, before he moves to the bullpen, yeah, and uh, they're saying is in preparation for his September call. For, yeah, and I, I know I should know more about um, service time and all that, but if if the Jays are out of it, I don't, I don't see the need to call him up and start his clock. You know, they've already mm-hmm. started uh, Strowman's and, and Sanchez's clocks this year. Um, I don't know if it makes a big difference to them whether they they bring up Norris or not. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see him. Um, but if they're out of it, I don't see the point in, in adding any more innings onto his arm this season. Mm-hmm. But so that should be interesting. Just um, out of curiosity to see what you got, <laughs> drive well, fan I mean, interest, maybe. I, 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 I think he'll he'll look phenomenal out of the bullpen because he'll just be able to rear back and, and fire in mid to you know ninety ninety five ninety six mile an hour fastball, mm-hmm. and then have his wipeout slider come in. But you know, as what he hopefully, you know, I'd love to see him break camp next year with the team. He yeah. still needs to work on his changeup from all from all accounts I'm getting. But yeah, you know, in his 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 two previous starts with Triple A, he's at a seventeen point seven four K K per nine ratio and he hmm. did another whiffed another nine and five innings tonight. So 
Yeah. He's he's taking a liking to AAA. Yeah, he's been almost better with Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, he's been he's been <laughs> unreal. Yeah, so and maybe it'll we'll keep going once he gets uh, his MLB chance. We'll see. Well, yeah, <laughs> here's no, hoping. Actually, there was a there's a tweet from Keith Law who was who was quite high on Kendall Graveman. Actually, I was a bit yeah. Oh no, it was uh, Rosenthal, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, Ken Rosenthal. Yeah. Um, and I spoke to uh, Jeff Ware that I loved Graveman as well. And he said, yeah, you know, he, he's been extremely impressive this year, you know, a bit of a, more of a sinker slider guy rather than yeah. a, a, a power guy, but can, controls his own heavy, heavy sink on his fastball. And he's getting up to 93, 94. Lots so. of ground balls. Tons of ground balls. Um, so it should be interesting. Could be another Chad Jenkins, which, you know, isn't terrible, but it's, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Right. You know, considering well, he was he through four levels this year. It's, well, it's who was he drafted? Unreal. He was drafted last year. He was like a. Everybody thought he was a senior son. He was like eighth round. Yeah, he was paid, later. Five grand. Yeah, he wasn't like a top five round pick. Right? He yeah, was, he was later. So if you can get a Chad Jenkins out of the the eighth round or or later, then you're you're doing good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, well, most of the time um, they're just organizational guys that late, but. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a it's been a pretty pretty uh, impressive season for the for the J system outside of you know like we discussed some of those Lansing guys. Um, it's it's been it's been really good. Sorry, so, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, you got the short end of the stick this year. Maybe next year. So, yeah, maybe next year when uh, geez, I don't even know who. I was thinking about it today. I'm like, with Urena and Telus gone from Bluefield, is there anybody else down there I actually want to see? <laughs> Maybe Evan Smith, another left-handed pitcher, but other than that, and and Smore already up. I think we're done. We've mined them. <laughs> That's it. Everyone, go home. Yep. <laughs> Our work here is done. done. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> That's what they're doing in New Hampshire too, right? Yep. <laughs> Basically shutting it down. So yeah, Bluefield and, and New Hampshire shutting it down. Um, Lansing, you know, they've got enough prospects where you still kind of want to open it up and see how. DJ Davis has done on the night and that being, et cetera. But, you know, they definitely lost the luster from their, uh, their original prospect shine. So mm-hmm. interesting, very interesting. It's going to be a fun uh, conclusion to the season. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be trying to make it out to the games as much as I can. I only have this Boise series left and then Spokane. And that's yeah, it. yeah. So hopefully... Uh, we get a chance to uh, to see those last three, and hopefully we get a chance to actually do what we uh, propose to do for this one, and, and maybe do a bit of a live podcast from the net. Yeah, we'll we'll um, see if we can record one down there, and and you know if we can work it yeah. out that we can have a you know a good sound quality from down at the at the game. I think we could get some uh, interesting sound bites. Yeah, exactly. I, I, as I said, I, I was hoping to get Mike Reeves on this one. Um, I think he, he would just provide an interesting perspective. We've we've talked about this before us being both ice hockey goalies and kind of catchers at similar level of, of no, you know, knowledge of the game and how you see it. Right. So not only that, you know, he's, he's an intelligent kid. He's got a great perspective of the game, but he's also a guy that's now been at three different levels this season, seen all these pitchers, you know, he's yeah. caught Dan Norris, he's caught Matt Boyd. He's your next best um, guy to talk to other than the pitching coach, really. Yeah, exactly. Taylor <laughs> Cole, and then he went down to Lansing, so he would have caught all those guys, and now he's in Vancouver catching Matt Smorrell and and, uh, and Hiram. So, yeah. you know, if yeah, if you want to talk to anybody about some of the pitchers in the system, <laughs> it, he's the guy. So, unfortunately, we couldn't get him this week, but uh, on fingers crossed we can get him on, get him on next week. 
All right, well, we'll we'll see if it's weak. We'll play it week by week, but uh, it may be later, as you probably know if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, we're dropping the weekly tag officially, I guess, from the name because uh, we just can't we can't keep up. The, the moves come too fast and too furious for Charlie and I to keep up and to get synced up. Um, so we'll bring it to you as often as we can. Maybe maybe we could do podcasts more frequently than a, a week if we can. Do a couple within you know four or five days if it's if it works. Yeah, I like that. Oh, so. See any trouble with that? Those guys at Baseball Perspectives do it every bloody day. There you go. As long as we have something to talk about, that's all we got. Always something to talk about in baseball. <laughs> so we definitely had a lot to cover today. So I'm glad we we got through all of the moves and and what we've seen from some of the guys that have made their way through Vancouver. Um, so anything else to add, Charlie? Before we sign off? Nope. I think we're good. I'll let you go back to your deck and and have some more more drinks because uh, it looks like it's going to be a. I guess the sun's already down now. I could say give me a nice sunset, but uh, you're probably watching it while we were recording. It, it was a beautiful sunset. The mosquitoes <laughs> are starting to come out now, so oh, yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll sign off and uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll we'll speak within a week. All right, Charlie. Thanks a lot for for doing this, and thanks everybody listening. If you want to send us an email, drop us a line. You can get to Charlie at Charlie Kasky uh, Twitter, and I'm at Greg Ballack St. Or you can email us at yourvansees at gmail.com and also go to the website yourvansees.com to see all of Charlie's blogs and you'll probably get the podcast post up there in the, in the next few days as well. Um, this was episode nine, by the way. So we finally got the ninth one out of the way. The last one we did, Charlie, was August 1st. Um, That's so terrible. We, we uh, are... We're bad people. We're just, yeah. just terrible. And yeah, we terrible. apologize for that. <laughs> Especially right in the heart of the season too. But hey... Like I said, we had stuff going on, but uh, yeah. hopefully we'll get the next one in soon. Hopefully it'll be from the Nat. Uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted on Twitter. And uh, if you listen on iTunes, thanks for that as well. Thanks for subscribing. All right, that'll do it. This was Episode 9 of Your Van Seas Podcast.